just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. You know, when Tony Perkins was on here before the election, uh, I actually did a little segment after him that I've not aired, uh, where he worried, uh, he raised concerns that a lame duck Congress, if it had flipped completely Republican, which, of course, we know now that only the House is going Republican, uh, but that in, in the lame duck session before inauguration next early next year, that they would try to ram through a bunch of legislation that would be, um, well, what a majority of people probably wouldn't want. They couldn't get it through in a mixed, you know, uh, scenario, Republican and Democrat. And it might be very damaging. And I think we saw one of those, uh, I, it's the Respect for Marriage Act is what they call it, which lately, you know, when they, when they tell you one thing, you know, it's pretty much the opposite. You know, the border is secure. Uh, boys are girls, you know, God loves abortion, some of the crazy, ah, there's no inflation, you know. But there was a statement put out by the president, CEO of the National Religious Broadcasters, of which we are a part and, and glad to be a part, Troy A. Miller. And, and he expressed his concerns, and I thought, you know, before we hit the end of the year, I would love to hear from him, uh, because he, he has a voice that doesn't speak for all of us he speaks with all of us we're you know we're all hopefully coming from a a solid biblical foundation that's our goal anyway all of us who are on christian television and he is a strong voice in that so i am excited to have him today to talk about uh this latest act and kind of where we're going and if we should be concerned troy great to have you on life today live randy thank you great to be with you so i guess the first question would be you know i've read i actually have copy of the bill here in my hands and it's not very long people can go get it you can read it and you read it and you go mm, okay it's kind of uh, what we already have you know it's like we have you know obama just legalized gay marriage on his own and then the supreme court said okay and and now i guess they've just codified it into law although they spent a lot of time on some things i didn't know we had problems with <laughs> but if they felt the need to address it that's fine what are, we, what are your concerns with this? Why issue a statement from the NRB? Well, we're concerned because we think, like you said, the bill seems to be, uh, you know, a lot of whitewash. There wasn't really an issue. There was no court proceedings. There was no case heading through the courts to challenge the 2015 Ogerfell decision that legalized same-sex marriage. Uh, there was no legislation in any state uh, going working itself through and no federal legislation. So you ask yourself, why did we need this uh, bill to be passed? You know, part of it, I think, was theater to really to play to the radical portion of uh, of of the left. I think that was part of this. But I think another piece of it is you read through that, you know, and you look at the language in detail. It, it really, as you said, gave a lot of protections that were already there. There was no concern that religious organizations were going to have to perform or certify same-sex unions against their beliefs or against their will. And that's that's really the only carve out that's in the in the bill. It says that, you know, they won't force organizations to perform or certify and organizations won't lose their uh, government funding, grants, tax exemption, all kinds of things, you know, being forced to certify. Uh, but that's not what the bill's really about. If you read a, a, a little farther down in the bill, 
you're going to find this this wording in there that says um, that there's what's called a private right to action. And, and what that does is gives citizens, gives people, organizations, the right to take action should somebody be in violation of this bill, okay? So wait, if it doesn't, you don't have to perform same-sex using, how could you violate this bill? Well, we believe that the violation is about affirmation, about affirming same-sex unions, not about performing them. So, so, so that's our, our major concern is if you don't affirm same-sex unions, then we can bring lawsuits against you and tie your funds up and tie you up in, in, in court until you do or until you're just silent on this issue. Yeah, well, I think silence would be probably one of the big goals. So just for clarification, if I come on here and I'm, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Light Source, Rumble, and I say marriage is between one man and one woman, don't need the term biological, that's redundant. <laughs> we, know, we know a man and a woman, that right. is actually marriage. And as a someone who recognizes the authority of Scripture above any other, then I will refuse to call anything else marriage whether it's, which in this case, specifically gay marriage. It's weird that they have the interracial stuff in there, the intercultural protections, because I don't, I don't know anyone that says anymore. Thankfully, the Republicans beat the Democrats on this point, but we don't say, you know, whites can't marry blacks or, you know, that you should stay in your own culture and only marry that way. All that's in there. Great. Okay. Um, but if I say that only a man and a woman can be actually in a marital relationship, according to Scripture, then I can be sued or I can be kicked off of social media or off of any platform or I can uh, come under IRS scrutiny or thrown in prison. What do we what, what's realistic here? Yeah, I think you can um, maybe any of those things. That the problem was that the bill is written so broad that it really leaves kind of wide open about what what does that mean. So if you get on and you talk about marriage between a man and a woman, that is 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 what Scripture holds to. That is what my personal beliefs and my conscience hold to. And an organization or individuals find that offensive. Um, there's a good possibility that they could bring uh, a suit against you. It really, if you're an organization, now let's say you're an adoption, you're a Christian adoption organization mm. that really believes this, and you provide services, um, adoptive services, and you say, look, the, the family is a mother and a father raising children. That's who our adoptive services uh, 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 feed and adhere to. And a same-sex couple comes and says, no, we want to adopt, and you deny those services, you're probably definitely going to get sued under this bill. Oh, well, come on. That wouldn't happen. Oh, it already has happened. It already <laughs> like, has. Yeah. I, okay. So, and that's a that's a little bit of a tough one uh, in, in just a civil society because that is a level of discrimination, wouldn't you say, by saying, do you have to meet these standards? I mean, they don't, aren't all standards some level of discrimination? All standards are some level of discrimination, but this is um, these are based on sincerely held religious beliefs. 
um, that are clearly stated in the Bible that are widely accepted by the by the church. So, mm -hmm. so I don't think it's that level of discrimination in the sense that there are also other services available uh, for those couples. So, so this could be adoption, it could be social services, it could be anything. And again, it's not you're not being asked to perform them; you're being asked to affirm these unions. You know, there's a case going through the. Supreme Court right now, the 303 creative case, which is similar. This is a, a private citizen who owns her own uh, web creative design service. And she really felt like it violated her religious conscience to create websites for same-sex couples. And so the court's gonna, is heard arguments about a month ago. They'll be deciding that case this spring. Um, this will, that case will have a lot of implications on this law and this bill. Yeah, uh, sort of like the the cake maker up in, in I don't know Denver seems to be the area or Colorado seems to be the area I think he was in Boulder but three hundred three is what the Denver area cut off thing. Um, how how should we as Christians? By the way, I'm guessing as as the head of National Religious Broadcasters Association, the this position on marriage that I would hold to is pretty much hundred percent across the board of of all the broadcasters that are part of NRB. Is that right? Well, that's correct. It's in our statement of faith that all the members sign um, that we hold that marriage is between a uh, man and a woman, and that and that the core family is a mother and a father raising children. So all of our members, our full members, sign that statement of faith and uh, hold firmly to that belief. Yes, and and we do too. <laughs> we sign it. But you know what? That that means that anything that uh, could potentially cause harm to you as the head of NRB, it, it's all of us. They'll hold the whole teams on, uh, on the hot seat here, right? Yeah. Well, because if you look at it, Christian, you know, broadcasters all get their licenses from the FCC. All of us that are in Christian nonprofit ministries have a, a, a nonprofit 501 C three designation mm -hmm. from the IRS. Mm -hmm. And so because this law is so vague, um, in it's in, in what it, really protects against and so broad in what it could be applied to, you know, we're concerned that the organizations, particularly, particularly radical organizations, will use this law as a weapon to intimidate and silence and in some cases uh, even put out of business religious organizations that they don't agree with. You know, it sounds paranoid until they're actually coming after you. And we've seen that they've come after organizations. And like you said, the, the case in, uh, in uh, the 303 Creative saying you have to do you have to do things that violate your religious beliefs. And they're not just wacky, weird religious beliefs. They're, they're, this, is, this is it's just scripture. It's just the Bible, which is extremely fundamental and to the country. And, and it's not just some weird cult like thing. So it's. There's a level of acceptability that you would think would have some impact. But I guess what I'm wondering is if, if we look at the case of 303 Creative or the cake makers, others like that, um, what should we do as broadcasters if we are faced with the inability to even broadcast? Do we just... Uh, you know, fight it as best we can, and if we get kicked off the air completely, just go away. How do we? How do we fight? No, I don't think we go away at all. <laughs> I think, 
um, the, the just tremendous work that Christian broadcasters do and want to continue to do and not have, you know, a cloud or a threat like this hanging over their heads. Um, we do fight. We, uh, I do think that there will probably be multiple cases uh, brought about by this law that will work its way through the court system. I think the good thing is um, we've seen some of these cases like the Baker the, the cake baker case that was decided, we're hoping that the 303 creative case will go our way as well. We've seen these cases go through, um, that the court has been very favorable in protecting religious rights and religious freedom. So I don't think we give up the fight, we take it through the courts. Um, and then it, it, if the courts do and the government becomes more hostile to us, we have other avenues and outlets that we keep communicating. We have internet platforms and mm -hmm. digital platforms, and there's a lot of organizations working on building, you, you know, Christian-friendly platforms out there should the culture try to cancel us altogether. Yeah, I, I still have my shortwave radio. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, yeah. You may think that's a joke, but it's actually quite effective. You can broadcast all over the world that shortwave. Um, yeah, absolutely. Is NRB involved directly in, in any of the legal action, or is it more of an advocacy kind of thing? Uh, well, we've been involved indirectly. We put what's called uh, amicus briefs, which are friends of the courts briefs that you can um, submit to the courts on behalf of cases. So we, we did that in the 303 creative case. Okay. Uh, NRB submitted to the courts what we felt um, our opinion was of what the court should look at and how the court should rule on this law. And we will continue to do that. There may be a point, especially if it threatens broadcasters and broadcasters licenses, that we get involved directly legally. So we're prepared to do that as well. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that you did that. And of course, a lot of people that are part of the NRB, like us, we have people like Kelly Shackleford, Tony Perkins, and others who are fighting, you know, Jay Sicolo, uh, that are actually before the courts fighting for us. So it's a, it's a, it's a concern for all of us, uh, and I appreciate your leadership in that area. Uh, where do we go from here? Um, I, just as a culture, I, we're, we're seeing these things. I, I, is it it would have sounded crazy to me 20 years ago, if you'd have said, you know, the, the Bible's going to be considered hate speech and therefore outlawed, but you could almost, you can almost go there and it's not that far to go. Where's, where's this culture going? Do you think? Well, yeah, I, I mean, you're right. Portions of the Bible, at least right now, uh, there are certain groups that would outlaw them as hate speech uh, as well. You're right. 27 years ago, just on this same issue, a bipartisan Congress, a majority bipartisan Congress, and a Democratic president signed the Defense of Marriage Act uh, to say that marriage was between a man and a woman. Now, 27 years later, not only are we fighting that battle uh, yet again, we're also fighting the battles of, of radical, you know, gender surgery yeah. on elementary kids. I mean, I don't think any of us could have even thought for a minute that that would be a battle we'd ever have to fight, that somebody was trying to to take a kidney gardener uh, and and say, oh, you feel like you're the opposite sex? Well, guess what? We're, we'll, we'll give you a hysterectomy, a, a mastectomy, a vasectomy, all, you know, 
and and we'll just change you over these irreversible medical procedures i mean i don't think any of us thought we'd be fighting that battle but i think to your question what can we be doing as as christians and particularly christian broadcasters i think the time is really critical for broadcasters to continue and to even work harder and expand um, their missions and their messages um, speaking truth into the culture. Uh, broadcasters reach 141 million households every month across uh, America. Don't be afraid to stand up for these issues. Don't be afraid to stand up for the truth of the Bible. Don't let these organizations and groups intimidate you into being silent. Uh, that's just simply not the way you know Christianity works. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that's just the broadcasting reach. You add the internet reach, and it's global. Uh, you know, everyone who's a part of NRB, NRB itself. Right. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a battle. Um, I don't. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you're old enough to remember. Uh, back in the, I think it was late '70s or early '80s, my dad was kicked off of a WFAA, the local Channel Eight, uh, here for saying that homosexuality was a sin. Yeah. So have you had any of your members, uh, you know, kicked off of anything uh, or, you know, had a lawsuit against them uh, for defending marriage? Oh, absolutely. We've had several folks, especially the social media platforms, uh -huh. um, removed from YouTube. We've had uh, um, uh, several members that were ha had their entire YouTube channels taken down and their content locked up uh, simply because they spoke up for biblical truth on marriage and gender. Um, many of our folks have been banned from Twitter and Facebook and other uh, things like that. We've had several members that have had, you know, that produce television programs um, and they were on for years. They were on secular commercial networks and then they were all of a sudden, you know, banned and kicked off for either speaking up about this issue, uh, pro-family, pro-marriage issue or pro-life issues. Mm. Uh, those right now are getting people you know, canceled, banned, and kicked off platforms uh, all across the country. Oh boy! Well, well, I do, I do have one active strike against me on a, one of these platforms that we're on right now, uh, yeah. and I don't. I actually, I don't get that one because I thought it would be for something more along these lines, and that one was not it. Uh, I don't know what what there there. I make a joke about shortwave, but uh, you know, Twitter different whole different thing right now because Elon Musk went and bought it, but who knows where that whole thing's going. I, I, I look at the whole, you know, broadcasting, you, and you feel free to disagree, but generally the numbers I'm seeing broadcasting is declining because of the internet and the way that people are viewing uh, more on demand. Uh, we've just, we have to be creative, and I think we have to be thinking ahead on all of these issues, what are you guys doing? With are you in agreement that broadcasting overall is in declining viewership? Well, if you look at it, it's it's kind of more of diluted across the multiple out outlets now. So broadcasting has its traditional over the air, and the over air um, uh, audiences have stayed about the same for the last twenty or thirty years, um, and then and then for a long time, cable you know, tel telecom systems and satellite were the primary method. So that cord cutting, as they call it in the industry, people are getting ready of that yeah. and just going to these 
digital only platforms, we see that incre increasing. So, yeah. so it's a kind of a change in the balance of, of where people are viewing. And, and so it's, it's not really decreasing. It's just kind of in the, in the, it's moving. Yeah. So it's moving from cable systems to digital platforms. So what we're encouraging a lot of people to do, and we'll talk about this a lot at our national convention is to make sure that you're setting up to be on all of these different platform outlets. So you're not just on your local cable system if you're a broadcaster, uh, but you're also working to be on these digital platforms like Roku TV mm -hmm. and Fire TV and Amazon TV and, and th these platforms as well. And then we're working on the NRB side to make sure some of the rules and regulations that allow our people to be able to be carried on these platforms, because quite honestly, you know, if they didn't have to carry local programming through a program called Must Carry, a mm -hmm. lot of cable systems wouldn't carry religious programmers. True. And so we're working to make sure that kind of regulations will also apply to these digital platforms so that so that broadcasters don't get, you know, don't get cut out of the of being part of the equation. Yeah. And and when I some of the terminology can be a little confusing. When I say broadcasting is in decline, I'm talking about the over the air viewership. Uh, right. and, and but you're hundred percent right. It and it's shifting. And actually I've seen because uh, I follow a lot of the, the secular trends and, and you know ad age and some of the other broadcasting right. rags. Um media consumption is up. Right. It's how they're consuming it is shifting. Uh, and you know, it's, gosh, it's tough. You look at, uh, like parlor where they were trying to create their own. And when you got like uh, Amazon web services controlling so much of the traffic does give you a concern that says, Hey, you, you can build your own, but if you can't, it's like, you can build your own car, but if they don't let you on the freeway, you still can't go very far. Uh, it's a tricky thing. We, we gotta have you guys, I appreciate you as an organization thinking ahead, thinking through these things, fighting on all these fronts, because I don't know, is it just me? Am I paranoid? Or are there a lot of people legitimately want to shut us down? Oh, no, I don't think you're paranoid at all. I think all you, you, you again, you just have to look at the evidence in front of us. The number of cases that have had to gone through the courts all the way to the Supreme Court level. Um, you just look at the number of Christian organizations that were canceled off social media and YouTube. Mm. Um, and, and today, even that, the corporate boardrooms have become very hostile to religion and Christianity in, in general. Uh, we've had ministries who had their credit card processing canceled, their banks canceled. So wow. that's not paranoia. That's, these are real cases real ministries, real people uh, that have been affected and to do what God has called them to do. Wow. You know, there was a poll that just came out. Uh, I just saw it today. Uh, it just came out this week. Re regarding this Respect for Marriage Act, uh, and there was, at the tail end of it, was something that was surprising because they, they looked at Republicans, Independents, and Democrats. Did you see that poll? The, I did. What, I did. This, is, this was Summit Ministries poll. Uh, in conjunction with the uh, McLaughlin group that's yeah. a, a really recognized pollster. Yeah. Did what did, did the bit at the end about 41% Democrats and 41% of Democrats uh, on either side of it, cuz it had to do with forcing us to comply basically. Well, did you notice that? Well, 
Right. I did notice that. I think there were a couple of things in that poll that really that really stood out. I think that one stood out. You know, so the question they asked was along the lines of, do you think that religious organizations or individuals should be required to go against their beliefs uh, on these different cultural issues? Same sex marriage was one. Yeah. Uh, uh, gender uh, transitions was another one. Yeah. You know, and so they asked that. And the interesting, as you said, was nearly half of the Democrats said, no, I don't think anybody should be forced to go against their beliefs uh, there. And then overall in the poll, you know, 61 percent of society said, hey, no, you, you know, the population said, no, people, that's two thirds, two thirds of the American public said, no, yeah. people shouldn't be forced to do something that's in conflict with their beliefs. And that, that it really shows you how radical some of these movements are today. And the, the push here, it's really a small minority, very radical uh, groups that are pushing these agendas. <laughs> You're more optimistic than I am, <laughs> because when I saw the half of Democrats said, no, they shouldn't be forced, the other half said yes. And I'm yeah. like, I, and, and you say two-thirds say you shouldn't be forced. The other third said you should. And they're the ones that are running Congress and <laughs> running the White House right now and <laughs> in charge of much of the media. So, I mean, glass half full, glass half empty. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm concerned because I think, okay, how many times have we seen the majority on the right side and it just get blown right back i know you're gonna know the answer to this but i'm gonna ask it for the people watching how many states legalized gay marriage before obama went and legalized it you know the answer um about a third of them um legalized gay marriage i think i mean well but only only if it was by legislation i i, I let me rephrase the question how many that went to vote to the public to to vote on legalized because that answer is zero yeah and, and yeah. even in california e even in california yeah. zero yeah yeah zero zero states actually put any legislation forward to legalize this right so better better stated question is how often has the population voted for gay marriage to be legal and the answer was none no. Uh, right. And so when you when you look at these polls where you're going, OK, you know, half the Democrats don't want to force us to comply with it. the other half do. And, and even if we got two thirds on our side, who's in charge? Right. You know, and what are they going to do? Because we've seen some squirrely things out of the Biden administration and we saw it out of the Obama administration, too. And it it's we, we got to have someone like uh, the NRB and you guys watching our backs while we're trying to do the ministry so appreciate everything you're doing anything you wanted to add before i ask you about the conventions coming up because i go to nrb pretty much every year and have for about 30 years now yeah no i, I think you're right the the key is we have to be you, you know uh vigilant in in watching what's going on the you, you know the vast majority of christian ministries christian broadcasters they really want to do what they feel god's called them to do mm -hmm. and a lot of that are things that really help and affect society. You know, Christians run more food pantries and food shelters and and uh, than any other organization or any other people group across the country, if not across the world. Yeah. Um, they run 
uh, more uh, outlets for to help people get clothed and, and just a ton of different services, Adoption counseling services, services and, and they really want to focus on that. And, and Christianity and Christian ministries get a really bad rep because people think all we want to do is stop same-sex marriages. That's not really true. We want to get on with the work that God's called us to do, and it's really work that, that is beneficial to society. Yeah. I, I years ago when they were we were having this debate, I'm like, look, go get yourself a civil union if you want the legal rights that two married partners have. And you don't even have to be gay. It could be that, you know, two elderly women widows live together and they want the legal stuff. Like, go get your civil union. But no, they didn't go for civil unions. They went for marriage, which is a religious institution. And that's when I went, Okay, you're not out for legal standing that I would support you on, no matter I you know if you're completely out of line with scripture, it's fine. We, we can do that. You go, okay, there's something more going on here. And it's tearing at the fabric of what God put together and man is trying to put asunder. And I just think we say, well, look, we're not going to bow and we'll take the consequences, but we're going to fight. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately we know there's a spiritual battle going on for, for hearts and minds and souls and the proclamation of the gospel. And I think as Christians, we have to remember that, and, and prayer for all of this, prayer for our leadership, prayer for leaders in, in Christian ministry, um, you know, for your audience, that's just key. Uh, be praying for this and be praying for the gospel to continue to move forward. All right, now I will be in Orlando uh, next year with a lot of other broadcasters, uh, but it's not just for broadcasters. Uh, tell us about NRB coming up in 2023. Yeah, NRB's annual convention is really for Christian, anybody who's in Christian communications, any kind of uh, medium today that you're out there. And there's a lot of broadcasters there, radio, television, folks that produce radio and television programming, uh, podcasters, bloggers, uh, filmmakers, publishers. Um, so much has gone digital on the on the Internet today and churches during COVID. Uh, had to go and, and do online services. Mm -hmm. So if you're into any Christian communications, which is pretty much everybody today, <laughs> um, then NRB's conference is a place to be. Uh, three real great things go on there. One, it's a great place to get spiritually renewed, uh, filled up. People are there. I love walking around, seeing people pray for each other in the hallways and and uh, just just doing those kinds of things. It's also a place to meet like-minded people in whatever you're doing. And it's that old iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you meet the folks, talk about best practices and whatever God's called you to do and partnerships. So it's a great place to network. Plus we'll have sessions and topics. We'll be covering uh, this topic and a number of other things that really uh, affect the Christian church and affect particularly Christian communicators. Yeah. Okay. So you gave the good overview. Here's what I like. And I'm, I'm with you on the networking because that's most the most valuable thing for me by far. I've met so many great people. Uh, I, there's others that I see every year that we catch up and we go, okay, mm -hmm. tell me what's going on in the industry. I love the, you know, the nerd talk on the industry side of things. But also, there's some great movie premieres. I've seen some really good movies at NRP that uh, you know hadn't hit the streets yet. Um, so there's there's a lot going on. And uh, and to your point also about the bloggers and the the web casters, the streaming people like this right here, that's really growing, and that's a fascinating thing. And especially 
to watch the old, the legacy people have been around for a while, doing the broadcast, you know, the TV thing, and coming together with a lot of younger people that are doing the, the new medium thing and getting together and going, okay, guys, what can we learn from each other? It's actually, I'm a big fan. It's the only thing that I go to every year consistently uh, is NRB. So there's my plug. And it's in Orlando. What are the dates, Dino? So in Orlando, Florida, it'll be at the Marriott World Center, uh, May 22nd through the 25th. Um, so just the weekend right before Memorial Weekend. So it's a great time to come down there, attend NRB for four days, and then uh, spend a nice uh, weekend and family vacation. Yeah, that's my anniversary. So my wife will be coming with me to NRB. She's going to like Orlando a lot better than, than Nashville because in February, Nashville, it could be cold. So, or, yep. so this will be a good one. All right. Uh, if you want to check that out, you can check that out at nrb.org. looks just like this. Troy Miller, appreciate you. Appreciate you as an organization and as an individual standing up uh, for those of us who are just trying to, to share the gospel. Uh, we're not here to condemn the world. We're here to tell you that, that you might be saved through Jesus Christ, and we appreciate you standing for us. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me today, and uh, Merry Christmas to you. And I, I got the whole Happy Holidays a bunch when I was traveling recently, and and I, I just, that's great. I'm um, like, Merry Christmas to you. So thank you, Troy. Merry Christmas to you and to all of you watching. I uh, hope you do have a Merry Christmas and keep Christ at the center of it because that is good news. Uh, this is the answer. We want to share the good news. And so appreciate all that NRB does. Appreciate you watching. If you haven't liked, hit follow, uh, hit share, do that. And do check out NRB at nrb.org. We'll see you next time here on Life Today Live. Will be on the soul of your day. Sunday is coming.